Hi, I'm Jill Starley Granger. I'm Alessia Horridge. And this is Shit Trips, the travel podcast about places we've been so you don't have to. We are travel journalists, and while we love exploring the world, this podcast is about the occasional glitches we'd rather forget and that you should avoid. Over the years, we've compiled a leaderboard of travel mishaps. We jet all around the world, and yes, it's true, we have stayed in palatial five-star hotels, sunbathed on perfect white sand beaches, but we've also eaten in dodgy restaurants, traipsed through some absolutely bizarre museums, and suffered embarrassing sessions with Chinese tourists uh, snapping selfies with us. And this week, we'll be talking about number 94, a rainforest walk that really bugged me in Malaysia. And 207, a logging museum that was a bit wooden in Canada. Sorry. And we have a guest, Jeremy Head. Welcome, Hello. Jeremy. Nice to be here. Uh, Jeremy is a travel journalist. He writes for uh, major uh, national UK newspapers. He's going to be telling us about a haunting weekend. He's been at a hotel just outside London. We'll also share a few travel tips and unexpected pleasure that's worth seeking out on your next trip to Rome. So, Jill, you do not strike me as the kind of person that goes on intrepid walks into the jungle. So how on earth did you end up in the rainforest in Malaysia? So, I mean, I like a little walk. I like wildlife. <laughs> uh, but I have to say, I'm not particularly intrepid. But I do blame my husband for this. Uh, he's always wanted to stay on a houseboat. Have okay. you ever stayed in a houseboat? I've never stayed in a houseboat. Right. It's been his fantasy ever since he saw that film Houseboat with Sophia Loren and Cary Grant from the 1950s. Okay. Do you know that film? I don't know it. Oh. I can imagine it was glam and swish. It was not, very glam. I, I'm not sure that this experience is going to be like that. It, do you know, I think that's what we had in our mind. It was going to be like that luxury houseboat, quote unquote, luxury houseboat. Uh, so, rocked asleep by the yeah. gentle lapping of the water. Exactly. Perfect. See, it sounds great, sounds doesn't it? Sounds great. We were on this beach holiday on this island in Malaysia called Lenkawi, and he heard about this. So we cut our trip short, uh -huh. and in about two hours with via flight and a car, we arrived at this beautiful serene lake. I mean, it was, you know, total stillness, gorgeous, surrounded by virgin rainforest. You couldn't see anything, any people for miles. There was a pier and at the end, what looked like a sort of corrugated iron shed. Yeah. <laughs> so I gotta say this is sounding a bit creepy actually, like the yeah. beginning of a horror film or <laughs> that, something. It wasn't creepy. Little it's did very, they know. It's very peaceful. But we're like, okay, here's the corrugated iron shed. I mean that's just what you need in Malaysia with the heat like beating down on it. Yeah. <laughs> so we're like, okay, where's the luxury houseboat? This must be the the shed that, you know, I don't know, the staff live in I'm not sure <laughs> and of course when we got down there they were like welcome aboard your luxury houseboat we're like oh shit this thing moves what what so we got on this big massive thing I mean it's not how uh, big was it I think they have about four bedrooms for guests and then downstairs there are about six bedrooms for staff in the lower levels I guess oh my god so and the bowels of the boat the yeah. staff <laughs> Yeah. Sweat. So we're like, okay, this isn't really the luxury sort of, you know, the painted clapboard houseboat, all colorful experience that we were hoping for. Uh -huh. It was basically a corrugated shed floating on a lake. What color so was it? Silver. It was corrugated. The whole thing was corrugated. No, though. some of it was wood. It just in my <laughs> mind, all I can picture is this hideous corrugated shed floating on this serene lake in the middle. I mean, really in deepest, darkest Malaysia. So you know, it should have been a beautiful sort of wooden fishing boat that had been painted all colours. Yeah. No, 
was not. So, and were you the only guys on there? or? Was, yes. Yeah. So okay. to be fair, it was a new experience at that time. They normally take um, eight guests at a time, and it cost £1,000, which is about, uh, I don't know, $1,200, $1,300 to hire the boat for the night. So if there's eight of you, that's not so bad. When we did it, it wasn't that expensive because we were the first ones. So we get on the houseboat, and we're like, fine. And it was quite late by now. So well, you couldn't escape. No. <laughs> we're in the middle of nowhere as well. In the How middle did you of get there? Did you get a car? It was like a little short flight and then a very long car ride like basically they send somebody to pick you up about 90 minutes from the airport and the flight was about half an hour from Lenkawi so so we we sleep we go to sleep that night and then we wake up the next morning crack of dawn so we've been in this beautiful serene lake and do you know what greets us when we wake up I don't know the avatar theme tune of course what they what? had <laughs> <laughs> the main thing they had on this boat was this massive 50-inch TV screen. I guess this is what made it luxury, that they played Avatar on from the crack of dawn until midnight on constant repeat. I do that love was, that film. I mean, But it was like the only DVD they had. Right? Yes. <laughs> and, and they must have just thought, right, we have to have something for our very important guests. And so they put it on. It was just like, oh, my gosh, I want to wake up to Birdsong. But no, I'm waking up to the Avatar theme song. <laughs> So fine, we just go downstairs and we go with it. And, you know, there's Avatar blasting out all the time as we're eating our breakfast. And I'm sounding really ungrateful, obviously. What is it like inside, though? I mean, was it plush? Was no, it actually, no, no. It was basically like a hostel inside, you know, like an adult. It was clean. I'm going to say it was 100% clean. There's yeah. no air conditioning. As I was going to so say, was there air No it? air conditioning. Oh, wow. No. There's a fan. Did it work? And, you know, in case you got cold, the corrugated iron did hold the heat in particularly well. Nice. Yeah. So that was lovely. Uh, so we'd had a great night's sleep, as you can imagine, hot and sticky. And then um, the loos were the classic stand-on-a-toilet-to-shower variety. Do you know that? Yeah. It's really not pleasant. I can't imagine those in Malaysia are... Very nice. It was clean until, of course, I then stood on the shower, you, the floor is wet, and then you have to go brush your teeth and you yeah, get yeah. your socks wet and everything else. Everything gets wet. So, you know, we did learn that our definition of luxury may not be everybody's definition of luxury because standing on a toilet seat to shower is not my definition of luxury. We go across the lake for about two hours and then they pull up to a grassy bank and they just tell us to roll up our trousers and hop out, yeah, into the lake. What? I know. So we're like, is there not a pier here or something? So we're like, okay, we don't know what's in this water. We don't know if it's got crocodiles or whatever it might have, but it was fine. So we hopped out. No crocodiles. No crocodiles. Turns out no crocodiles. Phew. We didn't know a lot about <laughs> this. Yeah. Could have been snakes, but, <laughs> no you crocodiles. Know. So we didn't know a lot about this. So we hopped out and we had like our hiking boots over our shoulders and then um, put them on once our feet had dried off on the sand, put on our hiking boots and we headed into this thick, thick rainforest. And within about, I don't know, 10 minutes, we're crossing a stream. And we look up and there is a massive two meter long snake in the stream. So, so there were no, snakes. Yes. <laughs> so I'm not oh scared of snakes, but it was huge. I've never seen such a big snake in the wild. What, were you with a guide and did yeah, you go, yeah, he's yeah. a snake? Yeah, no, he's from the local tribe, the Asli tribe. And, you know, he's just like wearing shorts and some sandals or whatever. And he was totally not faced. He must see this stuff all the time. He yeah. lives there. Um, I don't think the snake was poisonous. It was kind of cool, but at the same time, kind of terrifying. The snake slithers off into the distance happily. It turned out to be a rat snake, which is apparently not venomous to humans so glad to hear that okay and so then we carry on up into this forest and we were hoping to see in this rainforest they have a thing called uh, the raflia flower have you ever heard of this yeah it's big isn't it huge the really world's, really rare the world's largest flower it's massive 
And when it blooms, it smells like a rotting corpse, oh, which yes. sounds lovely. Awesome. <laughs> I know. Anyway, <laughs> so we're, but still, you kind of want to see it. it Was it cool. in bloom? Did it smell? No, we didn't smell anything. So we were hoping to see possibly tigers. They have tigers out there. Uh, like the old little, tiger, where you really think you see tigers? No, I know. Slightly <laughs> delusional. Like little gibbon monkeys. Do you know, you know, little yeah, cute yeah. little monkeys. Hornbills. Do you know what a hornbill is? Mm-hmm. It's those big birds. They look like toucans, but they have um, an extra horn on the top of their bill and it amplifies the sound. So when they're flying, you can hear them from miles around. And they're really colorful as well. Mm-hmm. So we were hoping to see all this, yeah. And, all, and elephants, they have Asian elephants. So we had a, we had great hopes for this sort of trek into the deepest, darkest. <laughs> they, they really sold it to you, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. And it's like a virgin rainforest, so hardly anybody goes here. So we're like, oh, you know, there's not going to be other people around to disturb them. And that's true. It was just us. It was literally just us. The, what's that big knife thing that they uh, call? Machete. Had a machete so he could whack stuff out of the way. You know, there was a path that obviously the local tribe used, but still it gets overgrown because they aren't using it all the time. Sure. Uh, so we had the machete and he's going through. We're like peering around looking for stuff and about you know 15-20 minutes in we're climbing higher up but deeper into the rainforest and a rainforest I'm not sure if you're aware has a lot of rain. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Really? Okay. It's um, it's an unexpected thing, but apparently rainforests are very rainy and, and wet. wet. Very wow. wet. So the ground was getting wetter and wetter because apparently there had just been a big rainfall, uh, as one might expect. So then, you know, we're going through and we're trying to keep our eyes peeled for the elephants, for the tigers. They could be anywhere. They could be pouncing out. You don't want to miss them. No. <laughs> and then I glanced down and I just happened to see this one-inch-long worm wiggle and jump up onto my trouser legs. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, I've never seen a jumping worm. Have you? No. Okay. Oh, and did that's... it make you jump? Well, no, it was fine. I was just like, oh, that's weird. There's a little worm. And I just sort of flicked it off. Yeah. And then within about 30 seconds, there were five or six more little one inch long worms and they were wiggling on the ground and they would pounce onto my trouser leg. And I was like, what the hell's going on? I'm being are attacked really, by worms. Are you sure they were worms? Yeah. So the guide came over, started flicking them off. He's like, oh, they're just leeches. Yeah. Leeches. <laughs> what? I'm not in water. I thought leeches were just in water. I think it's pretty standard in the rainforest, oh, actually. See, you two clearly know much more. So you didn't more. have any leech socks on then, No, Jill. I did not. So what so, happened? So my husband, Tim, and I spent the next 45 minutes to an hour just running through the rainforest because the only way to stop them from wiggling and jumping up on you was to go as fast as you could. But still, sometimes they would get on you, and then you would have to stop and flick it off. And as soon as you did, others would jump. It was like we were being attacked. I don't know. I don't know. But the thing is, when they jump on you, what they do is they immediately start crawling towards your ankles, because that's where all your blood vessels are. And they can wiggle between trousers. They can wiggle between the weave of your boots and get into your socks and and attach themselves to you. And once they get attached, they are really hard to get off. I mean, and they were everywhere. Like, have you seen that scene from Indiana Jones where Indy falls into a pit Yeah. Snakes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it felt like that. <laughs> Except Mold. you didn't have the cool hat. No! <laughs> what was the guy doing all this time? I just imagine you guys didn't... were, like, plowing through the jungle he at just... top speed. He's just, like, standing there going, where are you going? He just didn't <laughs> give a shit. He's just like, yeah, whatever. These people clearly want to go quickly. Because, I mean, he just was completely unfazed. He was wearing I mean, He was sandals. barefoot, was he? Or, he was yeah. wearing sandals. sandals, yeah. sandals. So what, did he, were they not all over his leg? We didn't have time to look. I've got to be honest. We were so worried about our own, selfishly, about our own ankles that we didn't look. So finally, after about 45 minutes, it was the most stressful 
stressful 45 minutes of my life of just constantly taking a few steps, looking down, flicking these things off. We had to get pens because if you tried to flick them with your hands, they attach themselves to your hands. Yeah. So we like had to fish pens out of our bags as we were trying to hop and not get attacked and then flick them off with the pens. And then we kept like, you know, losing bits of pen in this virgin rainforest. And I felt horrible about that. Huh? Anyway, we finally got to the bottom, to the beach. There are no leeches down on the beach. They're all up in the rainforest. I mean, clearly you two are much more experienced at leeches than I, because I thought they were only in water. I thought you only got them in swamps, you know? We've all seen the African queen. So we get to the bottom, and of course, uh, Tim and I managed to escape the leeches. We still had a few on our trousers that we got flicked off, but our guide had like four on his feet. And he just like sat down, flicked them off. They were really were they big. They were gorgeous. really like, big. Full of blood by then. Yeah. yeah. He just flicked them off and then just left the gaping wounds. He just did not care. I guess, you know, he lived there. Maybe he thought they were good for you. It was not the beautiful romantic trip we yeah, had. Yeah, so to but recap, it, luxury boat trip. I was going to say, but you had, the, you had the delights of the houseboat to look forward to when you got back after your leech experience. Well, it was so. Avatar. I mean, I Avatar thought... An Avatar, waiting for you when you got back. We'd only seen Avatar about four times by that stage. So, yeah, we just went... They did have beer for us when we got back. So Ooh. I didn't want to go in the water because I thought if there's leeches in the rainforest, they might be in the water, but we had no choice now. Yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. think there were leeches in that water, though. I think they were just all in the rainforest. Anyway. So we got back on the boat, cracked open a beer to the theme tune of Avatar, of course, uh, blue people in the background. Yeah, I was going to say, did you yeah. see any blue people in the forest? <laughs> yeah. I, we probably could see them behind every tree. Yeah, there's no think, leeches in Avatar. Do you think it's a documentary, Avatar? Do you think that's why they had <laughs> They gone? do have big flowers in they it. They do. So it was uh, not a trip I would recommend. But if you ever do go to a rainforest, as you two clearly know, the key is to buy leech-proof socks. If it's a rainforest that might have leeches, and apparently we even get this in Europe. I didn't know that. Did leeches you? in Europe? Yep. There are some forests in Europe that have leeches in them because they're really humid and sticky and wet. Yeah. So anyway, get leech-proof socks. Make sure they're knee-high because those little buggers can jump. Well, I mean, what happened with the houseboat? Like, did well, you... I mean, it was fine. You know, we had dinner and we went back and it was all and fine. Went back, that was it? Yeah, that was it. <laughs> Luxury boat trip, arrive, <laughs> corrugated iron shed, <laughs> leeches. To be fair, on the way back... We did see a family of Asian elephants on the edge oh, of the okay. lake. So, oh. you know, it wasn't all disastrous. Uh, but to my mind, all I think of is leeches. It wasn't the best. It was a beautiful rainforest, but it has put me off jungles for life. I can tell you that. Wow. It sounds like a very a very good entry on the shit trip yeah. to leaderboard. <laughs> it's not good. Now, Alessia, I understand that your must-avoid trip of this week is a logging museum in Canada. Don't you think a logging museum in Canada sounds like a great a great way to pass the afternoon? I'm sorry, but being surrounded by lumberjacks sounds like my idea of heaven. Don't tell Tim. Well, there's no lumberjacks there. <laughs> oh. What well, all right, you're losing me then. Be. No, well, you know, the logging industry is somewhat dead in Canada. I've got, I've got I'm sorry to disappoint you guys. Aww. But yes, we're talking about the Algonquin Logging Museum. Okay. A logging museum, not very popular in Canada. You're wrong. Oh. 28 logging museums in Canada. No way. Now, there's a fact. 28. <laughs> uh, my advice would be don't go to the Algonquin one, but do you know what? I haven't been to any of the others, so they could be far worse. Okay, but you, I feel like you really need to visit them all for comparison now. Oh, personally. Yeah. Yes. The information provided at Algonquin Logging Museum, not much. No? But, well, with the reason we went there was because rainy afternoon in the in the Algonquin National Park, what do you do? Go to a museum. Here's the logging museum. Brilliant. Get in there. It's all outside. Okay. What? That's not that's not helping anybody. No. You've gone there specifically as a break. It does make sense, though, if you think about logging. Well, yeah. Mostly yeah. happens outside. And you'd need a pretty big shed to put big logs in, wouldn't yeah. you? Indeed. And, and that's basically what you see. Big logs. So it's a it's a one point five kilometer path is through it, the forest. 
through through a rainforest. I mean, is there any of the forest? Not a rainforest. Left? Is there any forest left, there or is leeches? it just like a load of logs? Well, Jeremy, I can tell you from reading the very deathly dull <laughs> exhibits in the the Loggy Museum that. Yeah. I can tell you all about the uh, fight between the National Park and the loggers oh my in the 70s. Oh, okay. okay. Does anybody care? I mean, I'm sorry. Exactly. That's harsh, but Does who really care? cares? It was well, in the I 1970s. Was, it's know, done. We were kind of anticipating, you know, logging. It's a difficult time. It began 1800s. It was brutal. You've got the loggers out there in the winter, cutting down the trees, really cold temperatures. People, you know, men lost arms, men drowned, mm. men lost their lives. Yeah. I was thinking, great. Gruesome facts. <laughs> Gruesome facts. The pioneer about spirit. the hardships of being a logger. All I'm picturing is burly men in tartan tops. No, no burly men. Oh. Well, there was an old man who was cutting a log to be square. So there's this big thing about square log. Do they grow that way? No. You've got to cut them. <laughs> Only oh. in the Algonquin. And they cut them yeah. with axes. And so they show you how to do that. Oh, do you get, uh, is that dangerous? I mean, do you end up doing things with axes? Oh, no, no, no. You no. don't get to touch the axes. No. This old man See, with an axe goes, here, oh. how you do it? No you interactive know. logging there. And did he have all his limbs? He did. Yeah, Excellent. Good. That's a, that's a problem. Well, no, that's my point precisely. We oh. want the gruesome <laughs> oh, story. Yeah. That's because you're mean. <laughs> I am a tourist in search of thrills. There were no thrills at the Agalco. I mean, the thing about a museum is you want a guide to really bring the place to life, don't you? Well, so, that's I mean, did, did he have where passion? we went Was he able to share some real. That dude, you know, I don't know. He was just chopping his log. <laughs> I was pretty grumpy by the time we got to him, I've got to say. No. So you arrive, there's a very cheesy museum presentation and then they do the big reveal and the big reveal obviously for us was that it's outside oh. and we're going to get wet so we start oh. trudging around this path <laughs> yeah. through the forest you know the exhibits on offer there's a there's a logging encampment that you can have a look at there's logs lots of logs different there's, sizes no well they're mostly big, big or bigger big big or yeah. very big there's a lot of decrepit machinery was there anything good about this thing at all did you enjoy any of it personally yes no. Oh. <laughs> well, the scenery's nice. Okay. I mean, I think it would have been nicer had it not been raining. And but, you know, the, the forest is beautiful. Can I just. Out there. Were there any leeches? No leeches. Well, Jill. see, you've got that going for you already. <laughs> so, I mean, that sounds there like is a winner. Water, though. I mean, you know. Were there any ghosts? Ooh. Oh. Apparently, I read on TripAdvisor that it is reputed to be haunted, to be haunted. The, the encampment mm. where the loggers used to live. I read on TripAdvisor as well that uh, this is one of the best logging museums I've ever been at. So obviously it's oh. superior to other logging museums. Okay, well, you that's sure that alarming. wasn't written by Bob, who was the yeah. guy chopping the logs? <laughs> I d- oh, God knows. Not that I'm saying TripAdvisor is full of stuff you can't really trust. He's, he's but. spending all his time with wood. He's not dealing with TripAdvisor, is he? No, possibly exactly. not. No. The problem is really is that you get caught all excited and, and then you're walking through this thing and, and, and you're just going from... Old machine to yep. old machine to pile of logs to plastic figurines of horses. And then you get into the museum itself and it's just like stuffed bears and Ugh. elk. And oh. really, hmm. after a while, you're a bit like, mm, yeah. I don't want to know about the disputes in the 70s between the national no. parks and the loggers. Nobody cares. And I don't really want to walk in the, you know, to see the vintage boiler in this uh, alligator tugboat. Oh. Instead of going to the logging museum, would there have been something better you could have done? Well, you can just... You know, just go in the park. Go go into a forest. Yeah, lake a leech-free forest. forest. But there's beautiful lakes around there. Okay, great. And you can go on the Lake of Strain. Go kayaking. doesn't yeah. matter if you get wet. Lovely. Even though it's one of the 28, I would uh, give it a miss. Let's say so you're logging off on that one. 
So Alessia's logging off. Uh, sorry, I've just... You, you, just talk, you just took my joke. I know, but <laughs> Jeremy, tell us about your spooky weekend. Well, we talked about, yeah, that's why I asked you if there were ghosts in your forest. Because yeah. um, my experience, well, it was all about trying to find ghosts, although I wasn't really sure whether that I wanted to find any ghosts. Do you believe in ghosts? Well, I have to say, after this particular experience... I really can't make up my mind. Oh. There are elements of it that really felt a little bit set up, oh. but there are a few things that happen that genuinely I don't think I could explain. Okay. What about you, Alessia? Do you believe in ghosts? <sighs> I don't know. No, me neither. Anyway. I don't like ghost films. They freak me out. I don't oh. think I'd like this ghost weekend. You but, don't, you would. But no. I think it sounds fun. I mean, but, I don't believe in ghosts. It just sounds like shits and giggles. It, it, yeah, and it did sound quite fun. And so we but, go out to this beautiful country house hotel in the middle of the rolling countryside, about an hour outside of London. Nice. And, um, yeah, we drive up. It all looks good. It's a Lovely. gothic mansion. <gasps> Setting seems to be about right. Perfect. Um, and we're going to be joining about, I don't know, 10 or 11 other people who are going to be on this haunted experience with us. We're staying overnight in the hotel. So we're going to get to stay up late. Great. See <laughs> Always fun. what happens. Well, see the ghosts. The weird thing about ghosts, right, is they don't come out during the day. Oh. It's only at night. I mean, of course. That's certainly one of the things I learned from this particular is trip. That, I didn't know that ghosts were like vampires in that way, that they but, melt if they come out into the sun. No, ghosts are just like, they've got, they got stuff to do during the day, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I guess they're busy. Yeah, yeah, shopping, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So anyway, we check in. Okay. And... Um, the hotel has like a conference centre next to it as well. Well, and that's it, terribly haunted. Well, I mean, exactly. all good haunted houses have well, a conference well, centre. And they assign us a room in the conference centre. And oh. I'm like, well, uh, hang on a minute. We're supposed to be like in this amazing gothic yeah. mansion, which ought to be the perfect setting for ghosts, right? And you're going to make us sleep in the conference centre? That sounds a bit crazy. Well, there is one room left, actually, but it's Ooh. a little bit small. Oh. So we said, OK, fine. We'll get, we'll get, we'll, we'll have a look at that. We'll check it out. And we went up there, and it was, it was under the eaves. It was quite, quite nice. You know, the bed was a bit small, but we thought, you know, fine, we'll, we'll take it. You know, at least we're in the main building here. That room was a little bit weird. Oh, okay, weird, yeah. yeah. Oh, so so you're making happened? it sound too good now. I know. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not, watching no, it about it this. It was like a bit scary. I mean, the, the conference center thing put me off. But then, haven't you been to a lot of deadly doll conferences? People do probably just die of boredom and I then haunt probably, these places. Do you think that's? Yeah, well, absolutely. This place actually is supposed to be haunted, so. It has a history of, like, people, you know, it was an interrogation centre during the Second World War, so all kinds of weird stuff went on. Yeah. Up, up this there. sounds all sounds like good potential. Then we get down there for, uh, for for dinner and to meet the other guys that are there with us, and we meet this couple who basically are running the trip, and uh, they, they are just weird. <laughs> they are what just was a, weird about A little them? bit strange. I suppose you don't know quite what you're going to get from sort of people like that. I didn't know what to expect, but yeah. he's just kind of like this slightly old, slightly wise, and slightly boring guy who doesn't. He's got virtually no charisma at all. Oh. Really, really quite dull. And then I don't know if she's his wife or a partner or something, um, but she's just a little bit kind of nuts, oh. just a bit odd. She well, kind of says strange things. Well, exactly. So I'm wondering if it goes with the territory, but yeah, it yeah. kind of put us off a little bit immediately. It's like, who are these people that we're hanging out with? There were 13 of us, by the way, which kind of like, I wonder Ooh. if they chosen that. I'm I specifically, bet they did on I think yeah. they probably did. We start off the evening with um, a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> Okay. Classic. So, so, yeah, so I'm expecting sort of like the Harry Potter book of spells or something, you know, to, yeah. to be kind of brought out like, this is what it's all about. And it's amazing. like, no, oh. we're going to sit in this conference room and look at really, really shit PowerPoint slides. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, jeez, Louise. Okay. So this is sounding really dull. Does it what? ever get good? Yeah. It got weird. Oh, what it happened? Got weird. It depends what happened? If, well, we did a whole bunch of different things. Going back to this, this woman in particular, she obviously believes this stuff, I mean, okay. big time. We obviously need to protect ourselves, okay? So if we're bringing the spirits kind of 
to spend time with us in the room, we've got to make sure that nothing really bad happens. Okay? Oh, for sure, yeah. So because just... there's a big problem of ghost murders in the UK. I don't well, know absolutely. if people are aware yeah, of that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of the leading causes of death. <laughs> you, can, you can gather by now I'm slightly sceptical. Yeah. they said, <laughs> we they said, Well, yeah, they said, <laughs> look, what, what you need to do is have a crystal to protect oh, you, okay? It's the, the ultimate crystal. protection. I mean, they yeah. protect you against everything. Knife, well, I'm wearing crime, my, my, around my crime, neck right now, you whatever know, you and, need. and nothing bad's ever happened to me. So. Done, right. see? Right, okay. Proof. So, so uh, she brings out this like, this plastic ice cream tub. Oh. <laughs> Takes the lid off it, right? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, what have we got here? And basically inside, it's just a whole bunch of pebbles, the sort of thing that oh. your grandfather might pebbles? put in his pebble polishing machine. Oh my gosh, you know, I was like imagining shiny, like, shiny you know, pebbles. a shard you'd pluck off the... The ceiling of Merlin's yes. cave, or something. Um, so do you just pick anyone you want? Well, or? no, no, no. This is this is the point. Oh. So um, the lady says, I think her name is Ruth. She says, um, "Don't choose, don't choose the crystal. Oh. Let the crystal choose you." Oh, so beautiful. I'm so I'm so scared and also moved at the same time. I, it was it was dramatic. It didn't move towards me. It didn't do anything. So oh. I just kind of at that point you feel like you've got to play along. So it's yeah. like, well, uh, I think it might be that one. So I ended up with some kind of like purple stone thing that I put in my pocket to protect me for the rest of the evening. Yeah. It was shiny. Someone had obviously put it through one of those stone nice. polishing machines. So they've made a bit of an effort. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then the evening continues. So the next thing we tried was divining rods. So I don't know if you've ever, ever used those. Have you no. used divining why, rods? Why you know what I, I don't need water. I have it in my tap. Yeah, yeah you're okay yeah. though. Okay. <laughs> is, that, is that not what they're used that's, for? That's kind of what they're for. Yeah. That's right, for finding, for finding water sources. But yeah. also for showing if there are spirits around, the psychic <gasps> disturbance in the atmosphere around you. Spirits. So you've got your divining I've rod. I've got my divining rods. And guess what happened? Nothing? They moved? Absolutely nothing. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just there, kind of like going... Mm, not much is happening here. And funny enough, around me, lots of people, they got that, they kind of cross over, you know, if something's going on. And then suddenly they start moving, right? This is one of those things that I just simply cannot explain. I really don't know. But they just pointed straight to the guy who was like leading the uh, the evening, you know, uh, Mr. Strange Guy mm-hmm. with a bald head. And I, I said to Ruth, I, they just seemed to be pointing towards him the whole time. And she said to me, that's probably because he's full of psychic energy. Ooh. Ooh. I think he was probably full of something. I think. Let me tell you about one of the other things that happened. Yeah. I definitely couldn't explain, but I'm sure there was something weird going on. Have you ever used a Ouija board? No. Yes. When I was yeah. like, have you know, you? yeah, when I was like 15 or whatever, my friend and I used to do them all the time. I was totally terrified of doing them. By yeah. Yeah, I went to a religious school, and you know, yeah. they were they were really very very bad. Very bad. Very yeah. bad. I'm, you will die. This, you know, what happened in The Exorcist will happen I to mean, you. FYI, they're they're not real. Like they had us all sat around this table, and uh, of course the lights have to be off. Okay, yes. because like I was saying, ghosts do not come out in daylight. Oh, so we're we're all sort of sat in the room in the in the dark with just like a little torch. And, yep. and obviously that kind of helps the atmosphere. And we're all sat there with a finger on this glass in the middle of the table. And again, like nothing happens for ages. But then, do you know, the, the glass does move around and I, I still mm. can't work out how they did that. There was also this kind of like table tilting thing going on where I'm absolutely convinced she had a, a knee under the table yeah. just kind of moving it. No, I mean, yeah. it sounds fine, but at the same time, it doesn't sound terrible. Was it just all a bit blah? Was it just like, really, this is all nonsense? That we were in two groups and one group were definitely a lot more suggestible than the group right. that I was in. So these, okay. these were like the hardcore people who really believe this stuff yep. and they came back into the room after one of their sessions and they looked completely shit scared <laughs> they were really? like absolutely no, no. fucking terrified <laughs> and I've got to admit right 
at the end of the night, we were doing Ouija board in one of these rooms that's supposed to be haunted up in a bedroom up in the hotel. And um, Ruth says, are you tired to the spirits? And I just moved the finger towards the yes, yes. side of the board. It's like, yeah, I'm, t- I'm tired. I just want to go to bed. OK, yeah, that's how they get, they get you, isn't it? They it's get like, you so you tired, tired that you're delirious. Yeah. Please take then, me out of here. And then they sucker you. But with I, I slept like a log. I was fine. I had no problem. But we go down to breakfast the next morning and um, the two of these girls that we got talking to were like, oh, yeah, um, yeah, we haven't slept a wink. You know, they were absolutely oh. haggard. Oh they they have been terrified all night long. Huh? So um, for them, it really was a shit trip. So I have to be honest, this sounds like when I used to have sleepovers with my best friend when I was 15, it sounds exactly like the sort of thing we used to do. Yeah. But we were 15 and we were having a laugh and we weren't charging people hundreds well, of pounds. Well, right. pleasure. Well, you know, right. it sounds like you were slightly, these, these haunted weekends may not really, always be what they're cracked up to be. It's not something I'd to do again. But the one thing i got to tell you about, you remember I was telling you about the room? Uh. We discovered the reason that room was free was because that crazy couple had been scared all night long and not managed to sleep. Oh, had, had had that room allocated oh. to them in the first place and they'd walked in there at the beginning and they'd seen the spirit <gasps> of a little boy in the corner Ooh. and gone back down and said they didn't want that room. Wow. Oh. And so you, uh, so, but, we, so we slept like logs in that room, by oh, the way. Oh, fine, so. great. <laughs> a little boy just let you rest. That's but yeah, lovely. thanks. Give us the spookiest room in the hotel, why don't you? Uh, well, so that does sound really dreadful. Yeah. Um, is there, if you do fancy a spooky getaway, where well, would you I was, suggest? I was thinking if you just want a bit of fun that's a bit ghostly. Uh, do you know what? I just get on the train down to Brighton, go on Brighton Pier, and there's a great ghost ride there. there That'll just be fun. <laughs> it won't last very long. Five, like five, ten minutes. Yeah, you can, and you can get off at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and there are no no PowerPoint slides. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we've covered a lot of terrible trips, but we've got one underrated wonder for you, Jill. Yeah, so this week, our unexpected pleasure is Ostia Antica, which is just near Rome. Pompeii, you know, it's like the city that had the volcano. So Ostia Antica is sort of like that. Now, if you've been to Rome, you've probably seen the Roman Forum, which is a bunch of old ruins in the middle of Rome. Mm-hmm. I've got to be honest, they're quite boring. So you like you walk around these ruins, you're <laughs> what like, What number Great. shit trip is that? Like? Yeah, I know. That's going to be a future <laughs> shit trip. So um, when somebody suggested, oh, go to this these ruins outside Rome, I'm like, why would I waste my time? And then somebody in my group's like, let's do it. So we went, but it's a massive city. It's an entire city. It didn't have a volcano. They don't know why the city was abandoned, but it's, you know, hundreds or maybe even thousands of years old. And you walk around people's houses. There's mosaic floors. As I say, there's mosaics and stuff. There's yeah. mosaics. There's ruined temples. There's mm-hmm. like a Colosseum. It is fantastic. It's a 20-minute train ride from Rome. So much better than the Roman and, Forum. And is it a lot less crowded? Because, I mean, oh my Rome, gosh. Rome is just slammed no full crowds of people all. all the time, isn't it? So I, for me, seeing stuff like that, if there's loads yeah. of other people around, it just ruins the trip. You just want a bit of space to yeah. enjoy it. So few people. It's brilliant. I mean, we ended up spending all day there. I highly recommend it. That's my top tip that's, so that's the Ostia pleasure. Antica in Rome yes that's it from us uh, we hope you've enjoyed this week we'd really like to hear about your shit trips uh, you can post on our Facebook page as well and tweet us at shit underscore trips and you can follow Jeremy on Twitter at Jeremy Head and his website www.jeremyhead.com um, and you can follow Alessia on Lessie Bella on Twitter and you can follow me on Twitter at jet underscore set underscore Jill Thank you very much for listening and come back for more shit trips.